Hey everybody, welcome back to the Uncomfortable for Christ podcast. My name is Aswin Johnson. And listen, I want to sincerely thank you. Uh, You all have been uh, listening to this podcast and sending me notes and emails. Uh, You've been going to my website and I want to say thank you. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, You know, we're back. We have another topic. And this week, I'm doing something that I've never done before. I am getting uncomfortable and I'm doing an interview. (laughs) So listen, it's not just me today. And, And the crazy thing is I'm interviewing a pastor. So today's topic is do pastors get uncomfortable? So listen, what I had to do was find a pastor that I love deeply and find a pastor who can share some insight in a real way, in a in a transparent way. And so today we have on the Uncomfortable for Christ podcast, Bishop William J.R. Pinckney. I'm so excited. Hey, Bishop, how you doing, man? Thank you so much for letting us be a part of the uh, worship experience today. I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited. So this is this is making history for me too. I think this might be a first. Who knows? So awesome. Thank God for it. Absolutely. Well, it's it's definitely a first for me. I have uh, never interviewed anybody, so uh, you know, let's see how this goes. So the topic today is: Do pastors get uncomfortable you know we we look at our pastor um he or she and we you know kind of see them almost like a a superman in in many ways like you know almost as if they're not real people and so that's why we wanted to do this today to hear from uh you know to hear from your perspective so I guess the first thing I wanted to ask you was you know how, how long have you been pastoring and what made you want to be a pastor? <laughs> Loaded question right there. But I started pastoring actually in 2006. Uh, in the ministry since um, 1991. But I actually started pastoring in 2006. And um, just love doing it. I've always loved people. Um, I was a minister of music for uh, much of that time. And... Uh, much of the ministry time and just love people and love to serve. I think uh, coming up, my father was a pastor of the church and he taught us, if, if I can say it that way, how to serve and how to serve with gladness. And uh, that's that, that just, this is just an extension of what he already taught us to do and be. And so I'm grateful. And then this, to, to add to that, you know, I've always said, uh, for all that I've done and gone through and put myself through and put other people through and all these type of things, for God to pick me out and say, hey, look, I want you to serve my people is an honor for me. Wow. I really, I really appreciate that. Wow. That, that, that's awesome. And, you know, you mentioned uh, going through things and, I wanted to ask you, uh, because COVID-19, you know, certainly has presented 
you know, like a whole new set of uncomfortable challenges for churches, you know? And so as a pastor, you know, how do you lead in such uncomfortable times? How do you lead when um, are so uncomfortable? How do you do that? Well, I'm going to say this. Let me just kind of preface it by saying this. I think if I may, just to kind of to to kind of give you a mindset or or give you a a place of of how I think, this whole thing, this whole uh, ministry, if you will, you know, the Bible, being Christian, being Christ-like, being called of God, being called out, is automatically uncomfortable. We mm-hmm. as a church, the body of Christ at large, don't teach it enough. Mm. That's a major, major issue. So whenever the word quote unquote uncomfortable comes up, people automatically cringe because we're not taught. That the Bible says that he, speaking about Jesus, was a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. He didn't come uh, to the world to be comfortable. So, so neither are we. And so uh, to lead in an unprecedented time, to lead in a time we were not familiar with, you always have to go with um, the word of God that comforts us. The Bible says, blessed are they mourn, for they shall be comforted. So you always have to find comfort in the word of God. In the one scripture that really um, uh, I try to keep in the forefront is the scripture that speaks of all things working together for the good of them that love the Lord. And so even though we're uncomfortable, we still have great optimism Mm. because we know that it's going to work out. We just got to hang in there. We just got to endure to the end. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's, that's, that's the thing that keeps me uh, going. So, so let's follow with that. Um, So I can see how, uh, you can understand these times as a pastor, but for your members, how do you, uh, they're going through so much that's going on. How do you reach those members who are going through uncomfortable things? How do you, how do you reach them and reassure them with the word of God? How do you, how do you do that? Um, first and foremost, you got to kind of go back a little bit. And this is something, even mm-hmm. before the pandemic and COVID-19, things of this nature, even came about, we should have been taught, uh, teaching this when we first started in ministry. Mm-hmm. And I believe one of the mistakes we made, and I'll answer your question, that's my ability. One of the mistakes we made is we did not teach suffering. Mm-hmm. We did not teach uncomfortable or uncomfortability, if I can say, if that's a word, we did not teach it. And so now it comes and now it's like, whoa, what do we do? Mm-hmm. You know, where's the, where's the manual? Where's the manual to say, okay, we do this and do this, you know, where it's been here all along. But the issue is where we teaching from the, from mm-hmm. the beginning. Mm-hmm. Foundation to me is everything. And so uh, that's how we, we, we have to, I don't think we teach anything new Mm-hmm. We we have to reassure what we've already been teaching, and I pray that all the pastors, certainly ones listening to me today, um, are, have been doing that. Because now, if you haven't been doing that, 
you you really don't have nothing to, to, to grab on, you know. They should have been being taught this from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean that that that's a good point is you know, kind of bringing uh, your members along and also, um, you know, showing them that, hey, you've got to expect that things are not always going to be comfortable. And really, my uh, my opinion is as is that's not where God wants us to be in a comfortable place. Absolutely. Yeah, because, you know, you look at you look at scripture and Jesus was not comfortable here. You know, he didn't he didn't seek comfort. He certainly could have, yes. um, but he didn't seek comfort even from uh, humbling himself to come down to earth, yes. to leave heaven yes. and come down to earth. And, you know, certainly being born of a virgin and the strain that that was yes. for Mary to be pregnant and her and Joseph weren't married. I know today that you know, can sometime uh, be commonplace, but it wasn't back then. Yes. Um, yeah. So anyway, you oh, yeah. you make an awesome point is as God's people, we shouldn't be looking for comfort, right? Man, let me just throw this in there. You hit the nail on the head. We should not be looking for that, but we're taught that. Hmm. I, I hate to admit it, mm-hmm. but we are taught that too much. Mm-hmm. We're taught it. We're taught it more. Uh, well, I'm, I'm strong enough to say it. We're taught more in the church at large. We're taught more in the seeking comfort than we are to embrace suffering. Wow. And it's it's, it's going to be a problem. It's mm-hmm. going to be an issue. And when it comes up, the Bible says. Not if, but when the enemy comes in like a flood, mm. that's uncomfortable. But here's how to prepare for that. Mm-hmm. Here's how we do it. Here's how we, when those fiery darts of the enemy comes, it says, you put on your whole armor first. Mm-hmm. And then when these things come, you, you, it doesn't, it doesn't, as the Bible say, it doesn't uh, uproot you. You're already rooted and grounded. So when these things happen, and the uncomfortable seasons come, and the, and not just the seasons, but the lifestyle. I've come to, to find out this is, you know, sure there times where uh, things are a little more or seem to be a little more uncomfortable than others. But really, the way of suffering and the way of Christ is a lifestyle. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. You know, God calls us to a lifestyle of holiness mm-hmm. and that's what he's calling us to. You know, I wanted to, uh, you, you're able to navigate, um, these, you know, uncomfortable times. And so I wanted to ask you, have you had like uncomfortable seasons in your life or your ministry? And you know, what, what'd you learn? And, and do you think God wanted you to be uncomfortable? As hard as it, as hard as it uh, is of a pill to swallow, yes, mm. because uncomfortable, uh, being uncomfortable, brings so much that's in you out of you. Wow. The Bible talks about being uh, tried in the fire, in coming out as pure gold. He has to. 
he doesn't want you to suffer per se like that because he likes to pick on us. <laughs> but it has to happen. It has to happen. Uh, and there are things, again, seasons in our lives. One in particular, a few years ago, I was I found myself on life support and went through a, a, a very, I won't even say tough, but a very challenging time where I was actually hospitalized for about three weeks. And then from there, I went to a, a nursing home for about four weeks and had, to, uh, had some surgery and then had to learn to um, walk again, had to learn to um, do things that was that I took for granted. Uh, I had, at, at that point in my life, I had um, every day, seven days a week, we did three hours of surgery. I did an hour and a half of, of uh physical therapy, hour and a half of occupational therapy every day. Wow. Yeah, every seven days a week. And and uh, but in that time, I learned so much in that time. And and I always tell people this, the blessings are really in the details. When I even look back, I think that was in 2018, when I even look back on the little details of how God was preparing and pulling stuff out of me and and, and purging me and, and showing me patience and all these things in the midst of that. Uh, one of the challenging things, if I might just kind of put this in there, one of the most challenging things in that time was to learn how to walk through and walk through that season without becoming depressed. Mm. Depressed was something that I never even really paid much attention to mm -hmm. until I found myself in a situation where the enemy would try to uh, serve me that. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, so you know. that to me would be shocking to some people because people look at pastors as invincible. People look at pastors as, as they're so close to the Lord that depression and real life stuff doesn't affect them. And you're saying that that was something that was a some a struggle uh, that you had to deal with, and I think it's important for uh, our audience to hear that that pastors are real people who go through real things. But what I like that you said, you said that in the midst of that, how uncomfortable it was, God was still teaching you and showing you some things to develop your ministry and to draw you closer to ministry is that is that right uh, absolutely and and you know when i think about it and when i kind of put everything together even the um title of your ministry is called uncomfortable for christ mm -hmm. see that that's the key right there not just being uncomfortable but for christ that's what allowed us to get through it is because the bible says in um Psalm chapter number 23, uh, for his name's sake, you know, mm -hmm. it's for his name's sake. It's not to build myself up or not to make myself look any better than what I am, but it's for his name's sake. And everything that we do is for his name's sake. And so that helps us go through that and helps us to understand exactly why, if you will. And it helps us to put a, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It helps us to put more of a, 
a better, for lack of a better term, or for lack of a better word, a, 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 a better view on why it is that we that we deal with it. The Bible tells us that patients have a perfect work in you. I mean, we understand patience is not comfortable at all. In fact, it's the, probably the one thing that we um, deal with mostly in the body of Christ, all of us, is waiting on the Lord. Yeah. But let patients have a perfect work in you, and that's uncomfortable because yeah. patients produce other things come out of patients. So let me ask you this. Do you think what you went through being on life support, do you think that has helped you to be a better pastor now? Do, do you think you're able to, because we were talking about preparing uh, members for being uncomfortable, preparing members for struggle. Has has what you've gone through, is that going to make you or has it made you an even better leader? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. One thing that I have to say about that, that it, let me just be specific here for a second. I'm going to say this. One of the things that it has taught, even before I can go on to what it has taught other people, one thing that it has taught me is where I stand in God. Mm. How important it is to know my stand in God and God's will for my life is, is what I want. For example, I can remember uh, being in that situation. I was in critical care for uh, a while. And I can remember, I really thought, I really thought that I was going to die. Wow. And in that, I was not praying uh, per se for, Lord, heal me, Lord, bring me back, Lord, raise me up. That wasn't even my prayer, even though it was a prayer of many of the saints, and I appreciate it. My real conversation with God while I was there by myself and nobody else was around was, God, I'm ready. Mm -hmm. I'm ready. And it, and it made me even know and, and appreciate God's, um, where I was in God. God's, I'm looking for a word, it's, 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 um, it's, it's not just being in uh, uh, God's, it doesn't come to mind right now, but it's just being in the will of God, mm -hmm. being in the will of God and being in God's, and being in God's, uh, uh, I can't, I can't think of it right now, but anyway, being in the will of God and understanding that, uh, I was okay with God, if I can mm. say it that way. I was okay with God, and God, whatever you say for me, I'm okay. I can even remember my husband saying to God, just do me a favor, Lord, and take care of my girls. Mm. I'd call my family in and say, listen, I'm not gonna make it through the night. I even told them on one occasion, call the funeral home, because I'm not gonna make it through the night. Wow. Unless, unless, but I was okay with it. Mm -hmm. So was, It was fine with me. It sounds like, you had the peace of God. That's the word I'm looking yeah. for. Thank you. Thank God for Absolutely. the minds. Right. So it was the right. So it was the peace. Thank you so much because mm -hmm. that's exactly what I was looking for. It was the peace. There's the peace of God. Mm -hmm. And then there's the peace with God. Sure. So the peace of God I had because I had peace with God. Wow. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So that's where I was. And to be on your quote unquote deathbed or bed of affliction and not not fighting God. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that felt so good. You know, I'm not laying here repenting with 
you know, you know, uh, with both hands up and Lord, give me another chance to go back and fix this and that. I was actually, even though it wasn't God's time for me per mm -hmm. se, but I was actually had the peace with God. Wow. And I was okay with that. Wow. You know? And that's huge. Mm -hmm. You know, that's huge. That's, that's what we want is God's peace. Because when you have the peace of God and you have peace with God, when you go through uncomfortable seasons in your life, God, the peace of God will comfort you yes. because you know, God's with you. Yes. You know, God is with you. Yes. Uh, uh, something else I wanted to ask you about is how do you know if you're growing in your faith? You know, how, how do you know that? Because, you know, for a lot of people, we're able to check the box of going to church on Sunday. We're able to check the box of, oh, I'm a kind person. We're able to check, uh, you know, the box of, I read my Bible when I get a chance. <laughs> you know, we're able to check boxes. But how do you, in a tangible way, how do you how do you know that you're growing in your faith? How do you know that you're growing closer to the Lord? And and if you're not growing, what advice would you give somebody uh, to be able to jumpstart this process? Man, I'm so glad you asked that. That's a good question. Uh, part one, if you will, um, how do I know whether or not I'm growing in my faith or not? When when we go through uh, seasons and periods in our lives and tests and trials and things like that. If you kind of look at it, you know, and you kind of look at it from 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 a perspective of, of I guess mostly everybody, what we kind of go through is really, to be honest with you, kind of repetitive. You know, there's repetitive seasons and all that. For example, okay, uh, let's just say, for example, something tangible, what? Your bills. All Everybody goes through that. And we go through those seasons where oh, I'm scratching my head this month, I'm scratching my head this week, and you know, and it's 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 it. Okay, Lord, you're gonna make a way, and, and we, you know, we've been through it. We're looking for God to do what He does, and it's so funny because if I take those times now, and I look back on how did I handle them four years ago, or three years ago, or even last year, now my growth now. I'm in, a, I'm in a, we should all be in another place. We should be in a place now where, as we forestated, we have the peace of God that through that trial and through that tribulation, well, it now and it's to a place where, well, God, you did it before. <laughs> I'm looking for you to do it again. You know, God, okay, you made a way that time. I'm looking for you to do it again. And he does it every single time when we put our trust in it. Now, it may not happen like we want it to happen. Mm -hmm. Where it may not happen when we want it to happen, but we know we know through a repetitive uh, uh, life that we've been going through, a season that we've been going, that God never does it the way you think. You yeah. never think. Well, I won't say never, but hardly ever for myself. You know, you're looking for God to come through the window and He's coming through the door. Mm -hmm. You're looking for God to come through the door and He's coming through the chimney. You're looking for God at night and he shows up in the morning. We look for God to speak through this person and he speaks through that person. You know, so God will answer you. God has answered my questions through my dog. Mm. You know, and 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 God, is, God said, I remember on one occasion, God said, let me just share this real, with you real quick. I was going through uh, something and, and the Lord said to me, uh, look at your dog. 
okay? And, and what happened was we used to take our dog to the vet and take the dog to the groomers. Our dog used to hate going to the vet, hate going to the groomers. Mm -hmm. And so every time we would go and take the dog to the vet and to the groomers, the closer we got, the, the dog was all excited about going for a ride. But the closer we got to the vet and the closer we got to that groomers, that dog would start getting anxiety and start shaking and all that kind of stuff because wow. they knew that this ride is going to a place where they didn't want to go and they weren't comfortable in. And so we pick the dog back up and take the dog back home. And if we said, come on, precious, let's get in and go for another ride, that dog never thought that maybe this ride is going back to the room. He, she always thought that the next ride is going to be better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And so optimistic. I said, Lord, we just came from the groomers and we're taking her back out again. How does she know we're not going back to the groomers? And oh, her tail just wagging. And, she was, and the Lord said, look at your dog. And that's how optimistic I want you to be. When I want you to move, I don't want you, when I ask you to move or tell you to move, I don't want you to move as if it's some uh, thing that you don't want to do. Look at it as, a, as an optimistic uh, approach to things. And that's one of the things that I, I learn and know and that I even still use for today. Um, and to jumpstart the process, I think uh, saying thank you is something that we all have. You don't have to be saved to say thank you. But I say, I believe saying thank you is a great way to jumpstart any yeah. uh, relationship, especially when it comes to Christ or any relationship, period. When, when you know, I'm, I'm just gonna say it to you this way. I'm gonna be driving down the road and driving down the road, I slow down and let somebody in front of me because they're, they're, let's say their lane was gonna run out and I slow down, I let somebody in front of me. Well, it makes me feel better <laughs> when they throw their hand up and say, thank you. Mm -hmm. And so my relationship with that person already gets better just from saying thank you. Sure. You know, when they swerve off or they go off, off the road, I'm waving, see you later, have a nice day. <laughs> Don't even know them, but just saying thank you opens mm -hmm. up so much. And so yeah. I know that's kind of simple, but that's that's a good way to jumpstart any relationship. No, that's a, that's a great point because that is definitely one of my pet peeves and God has had to deal with me about it is when you let someone in and they don't say thank you. Oh man, I get so upset. But you know what the Lord uh, said to me one time, he said, Aswin, mm -hmm. what about all the things that I've done for uh -huh. you yes. and you didn't say thank you? Yes. Yes. What about, it didn't stop me from continuing to bless you. Yes. It didn't stop me even though you didn't say thank you. And so uh, that's kind of changed my perspective a little bit. Listen, we are almost out of time. Uh, again, our guest is Bishop William uh, J.R. Pinckney. Uh, he's the Bishop of Judah Temple Ministries. And I wanted to ask you, you know, before we close. So, well, I wanted to ask you the funniest or craziest thing you've seen in church and I don't know if we're going to have time. So I, I want to get to this and we'll come back to that question. But man, if you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? Well, sounding corny, this is the truth. That my walk with God has inspired people. Mm. 
if I could just, yeah, that that, that would be it. That my walk with the Lord has inspired me. Yeah. That would be the thing. Yeah. I want you to be able to say that at my homeboy service. Service. This man's walk with God inspired me. Mm. If I can get that, I think I think uh, I would be satisfied. <laughs> okay, that sounds awesome, man. So listen, we have. I, I want to. I got to know. What's the funniest? What's the craziest thing you seen in church? We got about about thirty seconds. I don't even want to end on this note, but I'll tell you this much: it's so many funny things. Yeah. But I think one of my funniest things is when, and it happens, it still happens from time to time, when people accidentally cuss in church. Mm, my goodness. <laughs> and they catch themselves. It's, yeah. It, that, I think that's kind of funny, but. You know. <laughs> Well, I would say if you're cussing in church, you're probably cussing in the street. You're probably cussing in the store. You know, it's probably not the first time. Uh, Bishop, man, thank you so much uh, for being on the Uncomfortable for Christ podcast. Uh, This has been awesome. Uh, Listen, I want to challenge all of you to... Uh, get uncomfortable and talk with your pastor. Listen, your pastor is a real person. Get uncomfortable. Right now, Zoom's the perfect way to do it. Why don't you have a conversation with them? That's something that, you know, we just kind of see pastor on Sunday and we really don't think that they're a regular person, you know, Monday through Saturday. So that's my challenge for you today. I want you to get uncomfortable and talk with your pastor or or even better, get uncomfortable and begin to pray for your pastor. Begin to pray for his family. Listen, my name is Aswin Johnson, and we'll see you next time as we get uncomfortable for Christ. God bless you.